Clay. This is not exactly Star Trek the Deadwood episode, but it's close enough. We're only about, I guess it depends on what year of the Civil War we're supposed to be in, but we're, we're either, was it, 13 or 14 years away from Deadwood times, and it, I think it's a nice little crossover for the Deadwood show to have the Q and the Gray be such a classical episode of American history that we get the chance to talk about. It, it's a crossover in the most tenuous use of that term, I think. It's if you, right. If you count, <laughs> you count it taking place during the American Civil War by way of uh, 200, 300 years into the future and uh, the only thing that the human mind could um, understand what the battle between a entire collective of galactic level beings would look like, then yes, I would call it the Civil War. It's all we need. If people are interested, we have the Deadwood podcast. It's called Something Pretty. You can go check it out. But uh, this is not going to this is not going to be about Deadwood. This is about the Q and the Gray, which is our latest I episode know, of Star Trek. I want to know how many more of these Q based pun titles they have. Uh, uh, it seems like they 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 have quite a few of them, and it's. Uh, well, his last looking, one's coming up. There's only one more Q appearance in Voyager. Oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to Q'll Stop the Rain <laughs> and uh, Speed Q, Suzy, Q's Control. Suzy Q. They'd have, they haven't, I mean, Suzy Q, it's Suzy Plaxon is the name of the actress. They should have one with her and just call oh, it Suzy Q. Yeah. And uh, the crossover with CSI called QRU, Q, yeah. Q, Q, yeah. Q. <laughs> they ran, they, they, they did us dirty by now. I mean, the, the the modern Picard show with Q being in that, they could have at least done a... Did they do a Q pun? I don't think they did in any I don't of those episodes. So. That's too yeah. bad. Um, a surprising number of things fit with just Q replacing it. This is, this is obviously the blue and the gray, which is the Civil War, but let's get into it. This is the Q and the gray. It's the 11th episode of the third season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on the 27th of November, 1996. It is two of three in the Q Civil War What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Teleplay goes to Kenneth Billish. Story credit goes to Sean Piller, son of Michael Piller. Directed oh, we, by, get, we get more Q Civil War? Yes. Yes, you do. Oh, oh great. All right. Sort of. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, yes, I guess sort of would be the way to describe it. Uh, story credit goes to Sean Piller, as I said, directed by Cliff Bowl in University State. 50384.2 to 50392.7, which is 2373. In this one, the Q and the Gray, Q has a novel idea for ending civil war in the Q continuum, have a child with Captain Janeway. So um, it just feels like we had a Q episode, but they brought him back. I think his next appearance is not until season seven. So it's a long oh, way really? away. Okay. So we don't see him for a while after this. Um but yeah, this is the after Death Wish, which I'm sure you remember is the one with the Q tried to commit suicide. This is like the sequel to that episode, really. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the Q and the Gray and the Q? The, the, I, I guess there's an argument whether or not this is like a serialized storyline or if it's just kind of a sequel thing, if there's any kind of a difference. But what did you think of uh, the return of Q to Voyager? Um, I liked it up to a point. I, I thought the hook of Q wanting to have a baby with Captain Janeway was was very interesting. Um, once Lady Q showed up, I kind of was into it less because it just kind of turned into hijinks, and it didn't really interest me that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't hijinks this, before then? I would have thought that the first part, the first third, I would say, is pure hijinks. No, it is, but I don't know. It was just too much hijinks. <laughs> Yeah, when you have like Q, when you have two Qs uh-huh. doing the same shtick, yeah, I feel like it gets a little bit tired. Um, but I, I, I mean, it it turned into like the shtick had more of a, it had the backing of oh, he wants to have uh, a baby with Captain Janeway to revolutionize the the Q continuum or something like that. They had the sign the science fiction backing to make it interesting to me. Yeah, but then once once the second Q showed up and it turned into like a nagging wife story i was mm-hmm. like oh, i don't know about this mm-hmm. but um and the uh the civil war stuff i don't, I don't know it was, civil war what's so civil a war about war anyway yeah yes. no the q could have said that he chose not to yeah i, I don't know i 
It seemed kind of hokey to me. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't love. I wasn't loving it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't think I. I don't really like this episode. Um, mm. I think starting it off, uh, I feel like they have. I feel like they've taken Q from where he was in TNG and they've made him like retrograde or something like that. Like mm-hmm. the, the Q of Voyager feels like a step backwards for me in a lot of ways. Like he, um, he's, he's, he's sort of, he feels like he's even more annoying than he became in the later TNG episodes. Like this feels like the Q of the early TNG seasons to me where he's, He's really just kind of a trickster god who's, yeah. who's up to some stuff. And he doesn't have the sort of pathos and the like, you know, we just watch Tapestry, really, which is like, you know, Q has some like sort of profound things to say and think in that episode of TNG. And I feel like All Good Things is kind of the same way. There's like a, there's some, there's some depth to what Q is doing and it feels like he's still a little bit of a trickster god, but there's like a lesson to be learned through his mm. chicanery. Uh, the Q of Voyager feels like he's reverted in a lot of ways, and, and like not not in an interesting way. He just feels like he's back to square one where he was a TNG. And um, I I don't really think that you know he had the one Q appearance in uh, DS Nine where Cisco punched him in the nose, and he's had a couple with Voyager. And I just I don't think that he has a great in for either of the captains that are not Picard to talk to. Like he just doesn't um it feels like they're struggling as to how Janeway and Q are supposed to interact with each other. And yeah. it almost feels like it's a Picard script that they stick Janeway into and they just adjust it because she's a girl, you know? And sure. And He's not. He doesn't have anything interesting to say to Janeway, unfortunately. So the the plot moves away from testing the character of Janeway in the way that he tested the character of Picard to coming up with this sort of sci-fi plot about a Q civil war. And I don't think this is a show that can really portray the gods of the universe having a war with each other. Right. It, it just yeah. doesn't work. Like even as a symbolic thing, which I understand is what it's supposed to be, it still has so much bizarreness to it like how can the voyager crew just come into this fantasy and start picking up yeah, guns and fighting was, back that was the thing where it really lost me where it was like all right let's fly closer to these supernovas she knows how to get us inside the q continuum yeah there's and that and, babble yeah and then there's the part at the end when they're sh- they show up and they're firing and someone one of them goes they're using our weapons against us <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> so is tom paris firing like a like a, a a cosmic level blast yeah blaster ray or something yeah and he's doing it well and the q just can't the q can't snap their way out of it no. yeah has everybody got like silver surfer powers in here or something it doesn't make any sense so i i think q at the start is another, just less another silver surfer reference across two shows there. <laughs> that's a deadwood theme it's continuing yeah. um so i think q is i'm less interested in q in voyager uh because i feel like He's sort of doing what Voyager does, which is to take this idea and the sci-fi plot is more interesting to Voyager than anything else. And mm-hmm. when they don't land the sci-fi plot, I find that the episode is not very good. Yeah, it's I um <clears throat> excuse me. I I to to speak to what you were saying earlier about the 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 way that they treat Q in the show. My memory of Q at his best, he always has a bit of um He's a trickster, but he's he's got a bit of uh, a bit of danger built yep. into him. You yep. know, he's got a little a little bit of undercurrent of of of, of malice, and uh, that that even though he's being jaunty, what he's getting you into is pretty intense shit. Yeah, and I do agree that this is basically a Pepe Le Pew cartoon for the first. 10 15 minutes of it yeah, yeah and he doesn't have that edge to him anymore and it's it's funny that they go for this q civil war thing because i i i do think the sci-fi plot of q wants to have a baby with janeway is far more interesting than whatever this civil war garbage is you know yeah it's because yeah. it's a 
I don't really care about the Q civil war. That doesn't mean anything to me. Um, <clears throat> even, even coming off of, of that previous episode where, you know, they talk, they're the previous episode where the, where the Q wants to kill himself. Yeah. They said this would happen. Yeah. Right. Is not interesting because of the largest, what it means right. for the Q yeah. continuum and their descent into civil war. That's not what makes it interesting. What makes it interesting is the immortal God who's, who's trying to choose suicide yep. and how do you approach that? And I think the same thing here where if they had not leaned so heavily into the civil war part, but just used it as a backdrop for the sci-fi aspect of, well, what would a Q having a child with a human be like? Yeah. What would it, how do you even do that? Would Janeway, frankly, survive the process? Um, she, does she <laughs> does she try to use it to like the whole time? I, they bring it up towards the end of the episode, and I thought it was I thought it was kind of it felt a very hand of hand of the show requirement for her to do this. But what I I was surprised that he that when he was like I want to have I want you to have a baby with me, she wasn't like okay, bring us home right now. Yes, yeah. And you can do whatever you want. I mean, obviously, you got to have your own uh, <clears throat> standards and, and dignity, I suppose. But, yeah. but like, you know, then you have this thing of her, maybe she's choosing to sacrifice herself to get her crew home. But they they give, they give pay it lip service at the end where, where he's like, well, what if I sent you home? And she's like, we choose to do it the old-fashioned yeah, way. We, yeah, we. And it's like, yeah, give me a, come on. <laughs> she's not into this. In vitro fertilization, she wants the old-fashioned uh, pregnancy of survival. Like, yeah, like I feel like I feel like the episode would be interesting if she even considered it for a second. You know what I mean? The, I mean the shows the shows abandoned that stuff, right? Like the the because they they also um, we just got over because uh, whatever that that time travel two parter we just watched with a uh, Stan Sitwell as the ba- mm-hmm. the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That was also another episode where they were they were kind of home, you know? Like right, they, right. they got home, but the show doesn't I think in that episode they might have been like, "Well, it's not the right year." <laughs> like so this is not good enough. <laughs> but like the the show is the show is pretty much given up on justifying why they would like it doesn't even bother pretending with making the decision a difficult one for Janeway anymore. It's like the show right. can't get them home, so they just she has to say no to Q in this situation. But it doesn't make any sense, really. Yeah, I do think I do think it would just be even getting home aside. I think it would be so much more interesting if there was a part of her that for a second maybe considered it, and and they gamed that out a little bit more. Yeah, you know, and you know, you could have your uh, you could have your scene with Chakotay where he's like. Captain, you can't seriously be considering this, and she's like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, what would it be like, <laughs> you know, whatever? <laughs> you know, just just gaming out the concept instead of using it to be sort of this uh, <clears throat> on ramp into this Q Civil War thing, which means nothing to me, and I could not care less about. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's an odd choice. I think they make the I think they make the wrong choice story wise here. I guess I'm curious. I, I, I'm sort of racking my brains, and I can't come up with a good reason why Janeway would want to entertain having a baby with Q, I guess. So, like, I, I think, like, I, I understand your point, but I, I have a hard time figuring out what the end to that episode is. Is it just that she sure. wants a kid? Sort of, like, I... Because I, I... I think it would have to be it gets them home. Like, it, it has to be something where she's a big enough stakes where she's willing to sacrifice herself in that way for the, for the betterment of the crew. Yeah. And I mean, I know sort of an implied, yeah, that's kind of like the, um, it's, I guess that brings you, it's not rape, but it brings you uncomfortably close to like, she's being forced to have sex against her will to get everyone home, you know? Right. No, it's not great. You know, (laughs) 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 I, I mean, in an adult version of Star, like the, there's kind of a Mad Men episode that revolves around that idea of um, when the female employees has to like have sex with a, with a client's executive that she finds reprehensible um, mm-hmm. to sort of secure the deal. And you know, Star Trek's probably not that, but I do I do get your point that um, 
the moving into the Civil War is the worst decision that the show makes, I think. Like, and it's also a tale of the episode feels written in a way that they didn't realize what they wanted to do until they got to 15 minutes in and realized that they had to sort of throw the Q storyline in because like Q's approach to this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like the the first 15 minutes are played kind of like a rom-com sitcom type thing, right? Mm -hmm. But the stakes for what Q is trying to do are very large. So the, the jokey angle of him, he's like, how do you just get to sleep with your earth women kind of a thing doesn't feel... Like, why can't he just snap his fingers and make this happen if he thinks this is going to be the salvation of the Q continuum? Right, yeah. So there's the, the like the rom-com aspect only works if Q is toying with her in the same way that he would toy with Picard and there were no larger stakes. Yeah. For, for well, I mean, you could you could put some... Uh, like make rules? Up some, some rules yeah, you could make it. up some reason why he can't just do that, you know? Mm. I, there's You could make up anything where... I mean, I, that would be. I, I assume that would be part of the discussion where she's like, "If you want that, that if you want it that badly, why are you even asking me? Why don't you just do it?" Yeah, and you know, come up with some sci-fi a, garbage a, as to why this is a saucy just... episode. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you and Kathy, you and Listen, Kathy, I just going at it. Star Trek: <laughs> colon, The Red Shoe Diaries. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, shades of Q and the gray. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Michael. Michael, I love, I love the first half of the script, but why can't, why can't he just take a shirt off? Your son, he's seen your everything. son's almost there. Your son is is better than you in a lot of ways, but but not in the ways that I really care about. It's basically the Picard on extras scene, really. Yeah. Like, it's just like he's seen everything. That's, yeah, that's what the motivation. Well, you know, is. I, you know, it's. I, I just think there's no, it comes so close to being interesting with their concept, yeah. And then they just punt for this galactic level civil war that the only thing that the only stakes involved are now the Voyager is trapped in uh, in the middle of a bunch of exploding yeah, suns blowing up shit. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> See, I I might disagree. I might say that the civil war thing is the actual interesting part to me. But I don't want to see the Civil War, really. Like that. that sure. So that's yeah. the downfall. Is that like, yeah. if it was a Janeway talking with Q situation, and I would not do just every star is blowing up. Like, make this weird, right? Like the, the right. gods yeah. of the universe are tearing apart reality. Like, what does that mean for the Voyager crew? And I don't need to see them dressed up like Civil War soldiers. Like. You can do like all the other Q episodes that they do, which is that the only other time you see another Q is at the very end of the episode when they reconcile mm -hmm. with RQ and then everyone goes on their own way. But I don't, because I, to me, the other aspect of the baby situation or the relationship problem is that I don't really understand how having a baby fixes the problem of the Q. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't really know what, what his game actually is. But. If, if they focused on that, it might bring up even more questions, I guess. And I, I think he says something along the lines of like, it brings humanity's best impulses into the Q continuum, I guess. But I don't think you need a baby to do that because Q can understand it. So I, I don't know. Yeah, he could just go get a copy of the the works of Homer or something. Yes. And, and or, the Magna Carta. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the complete works of William Shakespeare. I think he's he's got it. So I don't I don't really get what the the baby is supposed to represent. Something by Thomas Paine maybe, I don't know. Yeah. The uh, Federalist Papers, the finest literature of our time. Um Q needs to go right up to the Q Continuum Cathedral and and, and hammer those 95 Q theses right into the door. <laughs> It would have been it would have been better. It would have meant something. Instead, it's just the uh, the Q Civil War, which I, you Martin. know, as as I said, it's symbolic. I understand it. Like they the, the they didn't choose the most subtle metaphor, but they went with the Civil War metaphor, and they they have Q do lip service about like they're firing cosmic guns. It shot me, and look, it caused me to bleed. Imagine what it does to you when you go. Okay, I kind of get it, but at the same time, it seems a little bit silly. All I was going to say was Martin Luther King Jr. Oh no, yeah. That's where we are. <laughs> he, <laughs> he had a dream that one day he and Janeway would mingle beneath the sheets. Mm -hmm. 
I do like the fact that he calls her Kathy. I find that very funny. Yes, I do. I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, Kathy. What a, I, I think they they paired uh, the performer with a name perfectly. Like I think Mulgrew just like embodies well, it the is, Kathy look. It is her name. Her name's Kate. Yes, it is. But uh, like her. Oh, I, you mean the actress? Yeah, Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could be Kathleen. Is it? Wait. What, yeah, sure. Yeah. What is? What is? It's Kath. What is Janeway's name? Cat. Uh, Catherine. Catherine Janeway. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the, is the, he should have called losing, her. <laughs> the show's losing us at this point. When he called her Kathy, he, she should have went ah. Like a cartoon. <laughs> Does she have a? Doesn't Kathy have a dog in that comic strip? That should have oh, the dog that looks maybe it's a cat that would make more sense. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I was never a I, I only read uh, Dobert Garf, Garfield, and Fo- <laughs> Garfield and Foxtrot, and uh, Family I liked I liked Family Circus. Yes, yeah. uh, you you read the three panel Spider Man cartoons, remember uh, those? Not, not regularly, the um, because it was impossible catch them every to now. Every no, the, the impossible <laughs> ones was the Phantom. The oh. Phantom was only two panels. Nice. And it was always cleaning up what happened in the last week and then starting a cliffhanger for the following <laughs> week. It was like narratively insane. Bring it back. Yeah. No, that's uh that's man, that's been a long time. Yeah. Um what can we talk about here with Q? Um Is she keeping the ponytail? This is the second episode she's got that long ponytail look. Might be. Might be might be the new the new Janeway thing. She's got, she's got a ponytail. She's in a saucy relationship with Q. I like uh, that Q refers to Neelix as your bar rodent. Yeah. Why is Neelix tending bar in the holodeck uh, situation? Why doesn't he relax? Let's chill out, Neelix. Um, so, I mean, I <laughs> they have a baby. The Q have a baby at the end. We see Q sex in this episode. Uh, it's kind of a dirty episode, as dirty as Star Trek goes, where um, mm. Janeway says the Q is a small dick, which I thought was a funny line <laughs> in it. Um, and then they have the sort of finger-touching E.T. sex at the end there, and that results in a baby. Is that is that what happens in E.T.? That's what, that's how I when remember When he touches his finger? Yeah. Oh, that's the, man. That's that Picard episode where the guy saw the Vulcan in the, the forest as a child, and the same thing happened to him. Um <laughs> So I mean, so the continuation into the last episode is the baby grows up, right? So that's that's ah. the thing. So that would where be. was how come they didn't bring him in for the end of Picard? The baby Q, yeah, baby Q, Q's son, yeah, Q two, the Q E two. You just predi- giant you, ship. you predicted the episode's title. It's called Q two. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we speak about Voyager at large at this point? This has not been a very good season, I don't think. So far, yeah, not great. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, unmemorable and kind of forgettable. Um, I am... We are only like five episodes in, though. I keep forgetting. Are, are we 12? We we're 12, 12 episodes uh, in. I have, yeah. Since we took our break off Voyager, I've lost complete context of where we are in we're the show. A, we're about halfway through the season and this is the season okay. where they ditched pillar and like like they've given up on a lot of things right like so the shay San, the shay sandrine or whatever the, the, the old holodeck is gone uh mm-hmm. the kazon are gone uh neelix and kess's relationship is not really a thing anymore so they're, they're kind of they're kind of just resetting everything but i i find uh m- I find the, this stretch of Voyager episodes to be like particularly boring. Um, I just I have I feel like I haven't seen an episode in a long time where I've been like, this is an interesting thing that's happening, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully that changes. I mean, Seven of Nine is coming in in a couple episodes, but it just it, it feels, um, I don't know, feel like stock or something. Like they 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 feel they feel more than they ever did. More like they're just TNG scripts that didn't work in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's just even even the fact that, like I said, they pay such passing lip service to getting home. Yeah, makes it feel like yeah, they, don't even, they don't even care about that anymore. It's just going to be more TNG. Yeah, TNG light. Yes, it's just it's. <clears throat> 
you know, it's not it's not particularly important. And and I get it because you can't have every focused every episode focused on like this is the one where they get home potentially. Sure. But when the opportunity presents itself, you think someone's got to stand up and say, "How about you send us home, you fucking asshole? Like you, you caused <laughs> you caused all this problem for us and it's time that we uh we moseyed on back home." But no one ever does. Um I mean, I guess that's it. It could be a short one. We can just go to Patreon Thoughts and see if that triggers anything for us. Um, I think the the uh, Confederate Q is the grandfather from Fargo, right? Is that that guy? Uh, he is in a lot of stuff, I think. Yeah, I just I think I only recognize him, or I, I make the primary connection from Fargo. So do you have anything else you want to say about this, or should we just go to Patreon Thoughts? Yeah, you may as well just jump to the patron's thoughts. Yeah, it's not. Better jump to the patron's thoughts. I will say that um, uh, maybe uh, now we'll save it for the end. We'll save it for the end. We'll do patron thoughts. If you guys enjoyed the show and you want to leave thoughts about upcoming episodes to give us something to talk about, <laughs> something, to, <laughs> something to consider uh, in upcoming episodes, you can leave comments at patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to do it. $5 or not, you get to leave your thoughts about it. We read them. You can give us some food for thought. We can respond to them. Uh, what I what I will say that is tangentially Star Trek related is I am in the middle of a episode of Columbo currently that features not only William Shatner but also Walter Koenig. Oh, that's good. They're both and in I'm the same episode. I'm pretty sure they're in the same episode. Um, I don't think they have any scenes together. Oh. It's very possible they didn't even know they were in the same yeah, episode. Yeah, I was, was about to ask that they actually talk to each other. Or it could have just been a, a, a clear production choice that they're not there at the same time, and it's just cutting back and forth as they say their dialogue, and then they stitch them together. But. No, they, yeah, they don't. They don't. I don't think they're going to have a scene. Like he, Koenig plays another cop who yep. has like one scene, and I don't think he's coming back. So, this and yes, one, you were right. He is the the guy from Fargo. Yes. Yep. This is Kyle Barrett's first comment, which I just sent to you for the Q and the gray. The cue in the gray, just when you're clapping a supernova like a patronizing aunt at a school sports day, Q suddenly appears like the ghost of Christmas shit, although if he gave me a puppy, I'd let him split me open like a coconut. I continue Keep to going. find it laughable that Chakotay is considered a genuine romantic is considered a genuine romantic interest for Janeway, a man so lacking in charisma, he has to beg his shadow to follow him. <laughs> Once the opening chicanery is over, there's some decent stuff within the episode, especially the campfire scene, which shows how much Q has changed after his humanity-affirming adventures with Picard. This is the we use the word chicanery in the twice in one episode, which I don't yes. think has ever happened. Interesting. Yes. The big issue, though, is how exactly is the individualist liberal Q faction having a baby they'll teach to be even more individualist and liberal going to stop a war with the old conservative faction? Surely they'd hate the idea and it'd make the war worse. Two and a bit out of five. If anything, if anything, that baby is going to grow up and and become uh, much more conservative just to stick it to their parents. Yeah, it'll it'll always go backwards. All you... uh all you nonconformists are raising the next generation of 1950s conservative Americans that are going to replace you. Just, <laughs> just, just understand that. Um, so I guess that this is a good point about... Um, so I think what's missing from the Q Civil War for me and what Janeway and Q would talk about is what exactly the Civil War is about because all they say is that one faction yes. wants freedom and the other faction does not want to give them any freedom. And I, I feel like with galactic yeah. beings, they might have more to talk about than that. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Is I At the end of this whole uh, event, I didn't really know what they were even really fighting about. Like I didn't know what the what the real split was i mean q it, just, it doesn't make sense to me because it's it's what kyle says which is that one version one faction is supposed to be this sort of like conservative like illiberal like sort of like you know they're dressed up as the confederates so it's like they're they're holding the rest sure. of them in slavery but q to this point has been portrayed as this sort of spirit that does whatever it wants in the universe, you know, mm-hmm. like the, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no sense that the Q continuum holds back Q from doing what he wants to do. And my impression was always that the, the Q were like Q just sort of like out in the universe doing random things, you know? Yeah. I never totally understood what the Q continuum was. Like I, I never 
considered it to be something i i guess i always considered it to be more like the changelings in a certain way where each individual queue was also every queue like right, that kind yeah. of thing yeah, yeah and so it 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 it's strange that this would even be a possibility right like that you didn't you didn't you don't picture them as the queue continuum having like political relationships with each other right it's it feels or, like or they, romantic relationships frankly yeah romantic yeah it does it does feel like they would just go back to the queue continuum and be part of the blob basically but yeah i don't know Q in the gray. Are you still there? I'm still here. I thought I heard some kind of click. I'll read this one. Q in the gray from Patrick Siva says, Q's boner shows up at Janeway his cock clucks, but oh, Lady Q, I'd get down in your mucks. One thing that we know more than other Trek shows, of this you can say, we know Voyager fucks. For do it for the crew, are you kidding? Questions at Janeway's court-martial out of five. Yeah, this is another episode where I would challenge that one person who started a firestorm on Twitter that time by saying Star Trek wasn't sexy and Star Wars was much more sexy and uh-huh. like was more about fucking. And it's like, man, you've, that you've never watched Star Trek. <laughs> you watch this one episode. This is, has got more, du- uh, double entendres and innuendos than yeah, all, all fucking all. nine movies. Of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's more subtle, the lightsabers, you know, it's all, it's very, it's subtle, but it's there. Tax Elbear says the Q in the gray. Wow, Q sex is really boring. Also, the Q have weapons. That feels odd. As they don't strike me as a species that runs around with whatever their equivalent to a revolver is. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like, what is I know that they're doing their best by being like, this is what the human mind perceives our battle to be like, but why does the Q need weapons? Is this like a Jack Kirby? comic going on outside <laughs> the panels here or what's well in the there was a tng episode where a 2q decided to leave the continuum right Ooh, that's a good title a 2qt a 2qt yeah. um it was a i forget what it was called it was deja q or something like deja that q, something yeah. something else uh 2q decided to leave the continuum and they settled on a planet on earth i think and they gave up their powers and the Q continuum killed them for that. And so they, they had a daughter who was like raised as a normal person but had Q powers that she was trying mm-hmm. to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the gun doesn't make sense because it feels like the... I think we've talked about this too, about like what does a Q fight look like? When is it the first one to snap just kills the other one and like obliterates it from reality, you know? Right. Is it like a scanner's fight? Right. They just look at each other and just start vibrating. Or the, the head crushers from Kids in the Hall where they're like holding each other's fingers apart <laughs> and, as the, the camera angle and stuff like that. I don't know what it is, but it's not this. Again, this is this is why you can't show the Q Civil War. You can only right. talk about it as an abstraction, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this is Jaron Hatch with the next comment for the Q and the Gray. The Q and the Gray. Well, it's official. Star Trek has jumped the shark with Q. It's not unwatchable, and it has its entertaining aspects, but the plot is so nonsensical, and the stakes, which are massive, aren't taken seriously enough. Their fall from grace started in Death Wish, which was a fine enough episode, but the Q now just feel like goofy beings with magic powers rather than dangerous godlike entities. At least we get Susie Plaxon, who steals the show. But it's not enough to stop me from wishing that all good things was the last time we saw the Q. 2.5 Janeway dog faces out of five. <clears throat> which, uh, which series, we might have talked about this recently, which series took its premise more seriously, Enterprise or Voyager? Um, I don't know. I feel like they both jettisoned them pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. I guess I have to say Enterprise. I think it's Enterprise, but it's not because Enterprise really took itself, um, took the premise seriously. Like, they... They try to. Like, later on, they try to get serious with it. They did. I think, what, at least in my memory, like, Enterprise's, Enterprise failed to take its premise seriously because it didn't really go deep enough, right? So what Enterprise did to try to uh, utilize its premise was that they would have first time interactions with people, right? It would either be right. it would either be species that we know or it's a species that we don't know. 
And the only thing that really distinguishes that meeting a, a species that you don't know from any other Star Trek series is kind of negligible. You know, like in a TNG mm. episode where they meet a species for the first time, it could easily be the Enterprise show meeting a species for the first time. You know, like there's... right. I feel like Enterprise didn't go far enough with its concept, and I feel like Voyager really jettisoned it almost immediately, where Enterprise is easier to, like, bake into episode ideas, I guess, just because you go, well, this has never happened before. How do we handle this kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like Voyager needs a similar kind of adjustment as Enterprise got, where they need to have, like, season five or six needs to be exclusively about the race to get home or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. There's like a reason to get X number of miles or something like that to right, help or something. Yeah. Speaking uh, from the, the, this last comment where he mentions the stakes being massive, I was thinking as all this is going on, I was thinking like, I feel like multiple supernovas happening at the same time would kind of fuck things up for a lot of people. Yeah. What? A lot of, a lot of star systems might, might be in the crosshairs there. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people are dying. They're not like in the, also, I guess this is happening all over the place, right? So it's happening back home too. The supernovas, I would assume. I have no idea. Yeah, that's what I would. I would have to think. They can only see so far, obviously. But yeah, I just. I wish it was weirder. I wish there was like you know like time shenanigans or yeah. like reality is folding in on itself and you're everywhere at once or something. But the stars exploding is the the easiest thing to do. Royo says, the Q in the gray. Well, you all know Q is the rebel whom has repeatedly went against the continuum's orders so often to the point where he was stripped of his powers and punished. So naturally, Q gets the union uniform while the continuum gets the rebel uniforms because the people who made this episode don't understand the character even slightly. And the visual of the Q <laughs> being threatened and wounded by muskets is on the same level of ridiculousness as Enterprise's famous whole plating is offline line. This episode is Picard levels of bad. 1.5 out of 5. Uh... I get his I get his point. Um, so I think the metaphor is confused because Q is the rebellious one, but the episode is arguing that he is fighting for individual liberty, which right. gives him the union role. So right, yeah. it kind of it kind of makes sense. I think. Uh, Real Avi says the Q in the gray. I'm not watching this shit again. Woodrow says, the Q in the gray, whenever an alien proposes to impregnate you, first question should be, will, bir- will it birth through me or bust through me? Let's compare this fairly and pretend Q was replaced by the female Q. Would Cisco, Kirk, or Picard have taken the deal and sent Voyager home sooner and safer in exchange for giving Q a baby? I would say Cisco, yes, Kirk, yes, and Picard, no. It's an interesting question. It, it flips mm. it if it's the other way around, right? Yeah. Hmm. I think I think he's right. I don't think Picard would. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is weird. Cisco would say yes, but Kirk would say yes. Riker would. Yeah, maybe we could send in send in Riker instead. That's an interesting question. What if this was you reversed? Think, do you think Cisco would? I don't know if Cisco would. Why wouldn't he? I guess. I don't know. I feel like he would be too conscious of the fact that he's being used. Uh, why is he being used and Janeway not? Because like, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that she's not, but yeah. I, I feel like he would be more. Um, it would. Uh, it feels like that would be more of. He would be more averse to that. Like that would be the thing that would that would stick in his craw more oh. than anything else. What do you? I, I'm. I can't. I, I can see Picard's rationale for it, but I never felt like Cisco would fit into a Picard rationale for saying no to that. I guess. Like Kirk's an obvious yes. That just seems sort of natural that he would. He's he's of an era where that would be like an acceptable thing. Cisco, I guess. What's the fear of giving the Q a baby? Well, I mean, it's who who's to say what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's the fear, right? Is that you don't right. know what the which, outcome will be. Which honestly makes me hesitate to say that any of them would would say yes. Yes. Why is it different for Janeway, I guess, is what I'm trying to like. Janeway never makes that argument, interestingly, you know? Yeah. Um, it seems different for them for some reason. I, I, I guess that I could see all the captains saying that, no, they wouldn't for whatever reason. But I guess that if, if you were arguing that they should get them home, no, they probably would still probably argue against it, right? You can't have 
can't have human. You can't be responsible for raising the God that raises the universe or something. Right. I think Kirk would want to, but ultimately wouldn't. Mm. Uh, And Cisco. Yeah. I don't know. I find that convincing, I guess even to get home. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I'll go with it. I'll say they all say no in this situation. So why would Janeway saying yes? That's interesting. Well, I mean, I guess you could say it's different because she would, she would be carrying. Yes, that's the the the, the, the baby. Supposedly, yeah. I, I might not even be that. Who knows? No, how I know Q we don't know how the Q baby. Yeah. Could, Q could just teleport it the baby be, out of her, right? Maybe Kirk ends up carrying the baby. We don't know. Yeah, Trip got pregnant in that Enterprise yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Lots of thoughts. Which is the season arc? Uh, the season? It's not a race to get home. It's just Janeway getting more and more pregnant throughout the entire <laughs> season. I would be down for that. I think that's funny. After the horrible pregnancy thing that they did with Kira on Deep Space Nine, oh, right. I, I think we could deal with like an accurate representation of pregnancy on Star Trek Voyager. Well, there was already a pregnancy on Star Trek Voyager, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't the Wildman like, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Who then got blown up on that other ship? And then they just traded her for the for the other one from the time loop. That, oh, that's, how that's that right. Ended, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they have a Wildman baby, right? They do on mm-hmm. the ship at this point. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Well, none of this means anything, I guess. Is the <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> Aaron Million, I'll send this one to you. <clears throat> the Q and the Gray from A. A. Ron. The Q and the Gray. The best thing to come out of this episode is that we can now refer to Neelix as Bar Rodent and to Tom Paris as Helm Boy. That reminds me of the TNG episode where Q referred to Worf as Microbrain and of Clay's story about his mom walking into the room at that moment and really thinking that Worf's name was Microbrain. <laughs> I was expecting that to go somewhere else. Yeah, I don't remember that at all, actually. Uh, the writers, when would I have been watching Star Trek when my mom was around? <laughs> Maybe I must have been over there for Christmas or something. I don't know. Uh, the writers, the writers have went on to Q one too many gone times. Gone to the Q well. Gone to, to the, the Q oh, well. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The writers have gone to the Q well one too many times. He was a recurring character on TNG. He worked well there. They made some good stories around him, but he got shoved into a forgettable episode of DS9, and now, so far, two episodes of Voyager. This just screams, our ratings are tanking. Bring back Q. One bar rodent divided by one helm boy out of five. I liked the Death Wish episode. I, I remember yeah, I thinking like that, that was that was yeah. an inter- this one is not as good as that. Uh, but I would argue that the the first Q episode of Voyagers is decent. Is that is that the one where where Frakes shows up? Yes. Yep. And, and the, they have and the like, story about the Woodstock guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was his first appearance in Voyager. I, and also the, the Q episode of DS9 is also bad, I think. so. Yes, I remember that, yeah. Changeling says, the Q and the gray. Many words come to mind when I think of Q. Here are some new ones. Oh, 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 ooh, rah, rah, ee, ee, hooba, hooba, and uh, hooga. This is just one of those episodes where you just lie on your back, think of DS9, and let Voyager do its thing. <laughs> Over the years, I've come to only think of Q as a goofy character. So this episode doesn't make me mad but it does not impress me either. I like them dressing up in Civil War costumes, but I have no reason to ever watch this again. One, I don't know nothing about birth and babies out of five. I wish they had had the doctor giving... Uh, <clears throat> they should have had um, Janeway get pregnant and then have the doctor screaming in her face while she's in labor about how she doesn't want to have to cut you open. Mm-hmm. Can't you do this the natural way? <laughs> Don't make me kill another man, Catherine. <laughs> if you want to understand that joke, go listen to our Deadwood podcast. Balm, you fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, Point Extra G says, The Q and the Gray. Susie Plaxon is great. Jen Delancey is great. There are things I like. Q and Janeway's first scene in the continuum. Mrs. Q and Bellana. But there's also stuff like the Civil War setting and a plot that makes no sense. I like that they're trying to expand upon the Q a bit and have them do new things, but this is just odd. Norman Buckwald says, Janeway's Me Too episode, and on top of that, the image of Tom Paris pointing a Q musket at a head Q of the continuum is just appalling. At least Crusher immersed in green, rapey... I assume this green rapey mist was comical. This is not. One finger glow out of five. 
Yeah, it's um. I mean, it's hard to uh, Janeway's response to Q. Like, so I, I guess that the other sort of criticism that I would have is less about. Well, I think it's it's a kind of a waste of Q, in my opinion, to have Q's entire raison d'etre in an episode to just be that he wants to fuck the captain of the show. Mm. So I'm not. I'm not opposed to that, and I don't think that it, it, there's not a reason that it can't work. You could probably play it up a little bit more as like it's an experience of humanity that he wants to experience or something like that. Um, well, I, I think the angle isn't that. I think that's the surface angle, but I think the real angle needs to be that he needs to have a baby. Like it's not it's not a sex thing for him. You know what I mean? It's it's a procreation thing. Right. the The problem with that is that he can blink and cause the procreation to happen, right? Right, but he, yeah. He seems to not be able to do that to have sex with her. So to me, it, it, it's you're inevitably going to be stuck in making it seem like his real goal is to have sex with Janeway, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, like, I, I guess my point is to talk about Norman's thing is that I, I actually wouldn't really consider this too much of a me too because Janeway is fairly... He has no power over Janeway, interestingly, in this. You know, like she um she controls the situation the entire time. So it's more about well, like awkward awkward sexual harassment, I guess. Right, yeah. But it's not yeah. a I, I guess yeah, he, I never, interpret- he never he th- never he never threatens her or anything. No, there's no, but there's no like pressure on her besides him bothering her all the time. There's no he has no capability of forcing these things to happen to her, which is how I sort of interpret the Me Too thing, which is that it's like more of, right. It's more in that angle than rather just sort of being annoyed by guys. Although I guess maybe that's the way it kind of turned into. But well, I mean, let's let's not let's not get this wrong. This is a P, this is an HR nightmare at the very least in the Star Trek episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not not the podcast itself. <clears throat> no, but, no, no, not yet. <laughs> this we'll, we'll is an HR there. nightmare, and he's wearing a uniform, so he's technically part of Starfleet. So she should write him up for right. And I and I think, I think that's part of it too. Is that he never feels like a threat, and he never feels like he's dangerous. Yeah. Um. Like he he always just feels like he's fucking around. You know. Like it, there's that's a good I thing, right? Or is that are you saying like is that, does that undermine the the point in some way? You know, well, I I don't know. I mean, they clearly aren't trying to make him no a, a threat, know, a rapist or yeah. a threat or yeah. anything. You know, um, <clears throat> it's skeezy, but it's it's. I don't know if I I don't think Janeway ever takes him seriously. Frankly, yeah, like, yeah. And, you know, and I th- I think I think she probably views him as uh, fairly impotent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's it's almost like she doesn't really even believe anything that he's saying. Mala, uh, I'll send you this one. I guess it's a little bit longer. I've read a couple, which is honestly, which is honestly why it would be more interesting if they did break that down further, because the stuff that he leads with in this can be hand waved by her as just more Q, you know, skeezy nonsense. Yeah, chicanery. But to, yeah, chicanery. But to uh, to to actually break through that and see what his underlying thing is 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 more interesting and ha- feels like it could be um, uh, yeah much more satisfying in a in a, a dramatic way. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I'm, I'm now I'm just thinking about like a Q having a better rationale for wanting the connection would make sense. Um, in the way that the the death wish Q made sense because he wants to experience the end of his existence, and that's kind of a, a novel thing for the Q to want. Um, I feel they could do the same thing with a relationship or something. But uh, this is Malo Pervoso, and I just sent it to you. Those are the worst kinds to make s'mores with, by the way. Yes. Mm, s'more. The Q in the gray. I was wondering if you gentlemen could take a minute or two to discuss your thoughts and feelings about the Qs. From the angle of should an omnipotent godlike being like Q really exist on a hard science fiction-based show like Star Trek, I'd say no. (laughs) And if you ask me, Q has never explained unlimited magical powers and irritating silliness like in this episode. Sorry, I had to cough. Okay. (laughs) 
I thought it emotionally affected you. The, the, Sorry. the irritating silliness. I can finish uh, it if you need. Take me out. Uh, an irritating silliness take me out of the vibe of Star Trek a lot. And ain't Q omniscient too. Like Jesus. <laughs> okay, let's try that one more time. Okay, like, what's even the point of exploring the universe if Q got the answers to pretty much everything? In my opinion, just explore Q. Like, Starfleet should have just been studying the Qs 24-7 or trying to form a partnership of sorts with him, them, from that perspective. There wasn't really a need to explore the universe. Please discuss. <laughs> I think you were choking on the number of capitalized letters in this. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm in that state of uh, the year where the tiniest bit of dust gets in my throat and it's like I'm I'm being waterboarded to death. Yeah, my two-year-old uh, is the only one in the family that suffers from allergies and he just got through the roughest stretch of his, his life without being so sick that he needed to go somewhere. His uh, eyes were all swollen shut and he had to take, um, not Claritin, but the other one every day. Zyrtec? Uh, is it Zyrtec? It might be Zyrtec, something. He t- took a little liquid form of it. Uh, made him better, but it was a it was a rough stretch. But the pollen seems to be I, gone now. It's it kills me because like just out of nowhere, like the most minuscule thing catches my throat wrong, yep. and I start coughing as though I've been underground, it, like buried up to my eyeballs in sand, <laughs> like to the point, and it's a dry, unproductive cough that feels like my appendix is going to burst. Yeah, so get the vacuum out. You have to live in a little sterile bubble and record these things. Yeah, we do need to vacuum this dog hair everywhere. Um, so I guess to the question. Does Q break the show? Does I Q think break is the show? Yeah, is, is that the asking, gist of it? Ultimately, yeah. Um, no, I, I, mean, I don't think so. N- no, I mean, I think he's a, he's in a long line of godlike beings. Yeah. You know, he's not the first. He's not the last. He's got he's to gotta be more metaphorical. Is the problem, you know? Yeah. If if you if you if you're defining hard sci-fi as Q comes into this universe that exists and is always like sort of reality based, mm-hmm. Q doesn't work in that situation. Q works in dream style episodes where he alters mm-hmm. your thoughts about events and stuff like that. Like he, his powers become an, a metaphor for something else is the only way that Q really works for me. I, I dislike all his trickster episodes and I really like his episodes that he tries to teach somebody a lesson. Yeah. I, I think he works best when he, uh, I don't like it when he gets super sappy and super connected with, with humans Yeah, yeah. because I think it's, I think it's more interesting and works better when he sort of, um, nudges them into a situation to see how that they, how they respond. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like his, uh, the introduction of the Borg yes, and stuff like that, where he's like, wouldn't it be crazy if there was, if I jumped you into the future and now there's a, uh, a, a, a temporal anomaly happening at the same spot in three different te- parts of the timeline. Isn't that <laughs> right. weird? Yeah, isn't that, isn't you know, that weird? like, yeah. <clears throat> like the, I find that stuff way more satisfying than when he's uh, ground level messing with people and, and whining like he is in this one. Yeah, if I if I were to if I were in control of Q as some sort of like writer producer, I would say that Q episodes have to challenge something in the series that we sort of understand to be incorrect, right? So um <clears throat> the the reason something like tapestry or uh, I think it's Deja Q is the Borg episode. I think that's the Borg episode. Um, the reason it works is because the characters have a kind of haughtiness to them that Q corrects through the actions. Like the Deja Q starts with like them telling Q they don't need his help because they're ready for whatever's out there. And he says, okay, well, I'll show you what's out here. And he shows them the mm-hmm. Borg. Yeah. And so there's stuff like that. Like that's a good use of the character. I find it more frustrating that this race of omnipotent beings is kind of takes a data approach where they're like, I don't understand what love is. Like, I need to be shown right, this thing. Yeah. That doesn't work for me as much as they can be sort of jerky assholes, but they have to have a 
they have to at least act like they've been around the block a few times, which is what their right. setup is supposed to imply, and that that makes right. them better for me. Yeah, and I I, I like I, I like the idea that the Q generally don't care about humans. It's just that this one in particular is fascinated with them for some reason. Like, right. Yeah. It's like, his favorite you know, ant colony or something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like like yeah, some sort of insect that he's captured. Yep. Um. But that would that would be my retcon. I that's how I would fix Q. And I, I think all the best episodes of Q fit into that kind of an idea where he 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 has a he has a better grasp of reality than the characters do, even though he seems like an asshole in the in in like as it's happening. Yeah. Grapple John Zorn says, Q in the Gray, this episode couldn't be worse if there was the three part if it was a three part season ending cliffhanger with Q and the gang going to California doing water ski stunts. Believe me, there were worse tripe in nineteen seventy seven television than a plot where Richie weighs a Hollywood contract or Fonzie pretends he's not scared of a cage shark. It's just that these were the situations the characters we'd come to know and care about didn't belong in. Three years in, I barely give a shit about any of these incoherent characters. Still, they don't still deserve this bullshit, rapey nonsense episode. At this point, Voyager's run, Star Trek looks nothing like the Star Trek I'd come to know and love. A big, fat fucking zero. <laughs> People are real negative on this episode, and they liked Warlord, which is... Yeah. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is, Warlord had like five out of fives. Um, yeah. We use we also use chicanery multiple times, and also this that was the second jumping the shark reference. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we're all just running on fumes at this point. Yeah. Matt Ross says the Q and the Gray. So once you get past the totally cringy desire to breed with Janeway, there's an interesting idea of a dispute between the factions of Q. Picking the U.S. Civil War where Delancey's Q is for the Union as opposed to being a rebel is backwards. Seeing Susie Plaxon as the Lady Q is nice, and Delancey is really the best part of the show, but it's otherwise skippable. Two out of five. That's so fascinating that. <clears throat> He that it's the Q thing that's interesting to him, and not the the God wanting to breed with the human thing. Yes, yeah. It's just like I. It's just yeah. I don't know. I just don't care about the Q stuff. I, yeah. Like I said, I, I I think or like you said, I think it works good as a background thing that you don't see. Yep. And like a concept to 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 buttress this thing, but by itself, I couldn't give two shits about yeah. what's going on over there. It's it's tough to. It's the it's same way I feel understand. feel about Rwanda. You know. Yes. Just people hacked to bits, and you're just like, I'm, I'm over here. I can't, I can't handle this. I apologize to all of our Rwandan fans. Yeah, when is the Rwanda? I do care about Rwanda. It was 19, must have been 19, late 90s, I guess. I was randomly looking at that on Wikipedia for some reason the other day. Um, Nick the Rat says, the Q and the Gray. I was about to give this episode a three until they did the fast zoom-ins on Q and Janeway's face and five people from Voyager <laughs> took down an entire army of Q and resolved a war in about 10 seconds. That shit got old fast. Even Enterprise did action resolve episodes better. Two ups again. Oh, two uggs again. Really? Come on. I guess it's still better than New Trek out of five. I'll send you this one. This is Benjamin Espinosa. With his thoughts on the Q and the Gray. Let's see if I can get through with this one. <clears throat> oh, Q and right. the Gray, the rom-com with Q and Janeway no one wanted. Talk about uncomfortable. It was like watching your drunk uncle hit on the waitress at the local Golden Corral. Is that the place that has the, the <laughs> melted cheese fountain? Uh, I, or is it I a, think cho- it's a, is I think a chocolate it's a fountain? Is it? It's a buffet place, right? Golden Corral? Oh. Well, I hope to. They give you like a feed bag. Just pile all your food into a bag and strap it to your face. <laughs> I don't want. I don't think that Golden Corral has waitresses that you should be hitting on. Is my my understanding? <laughs> I don't think they have waitresses, right? And they, don't you just go up and get your plate and sit down? And there's just. Oh, like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have to bust your own table there? What's that? What's the? What's our local <laughs> buffet place over here? Don't we have one? Do we have a? Do we have a local buffet? Yeah, place? there's a local chain place. Hold on, local. New England. I'll keep reading while you look that up. Okay. At least there was some continuity with the Quinn tie-in. In the is it Quinn? What's what's Quinn? Is he is this supposed to be Q? Quinn, Quinn is the Q from Death Wish. Ah, gotcha. Okay. At least there was some continuity with the Quinn tie-in, and the Civil War imagery was inventive, but overall not as fun as it must have seemed on paper. Country Can't buffet. Country, country buffet. buffet. Yeah. Do you know country buffet? I am, I think I'm aware of it, but I don't know if I've ever been to one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Can't wait for the Adventures in Babysitting episode one out of five. Country buffet. Yep. Get is because you come you come away with like a, a a giant bowl full of grits. 
Jigella. Pro- probably. It's, it's fucking disgusting. Country Buffet yeah. is like, it's like a, a giant uh, auditorium where businessmen watch PowerPoints and you sit at the tables oh, and just God. eat buffet. It's real, it's real appalling. Get some uh, biscuits and nice congealed gravy. Uh, this is our first ad read from Country Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to Country Buffet, where the the food is better than this Voyager episode. Uh, Let's see here. Who's the next one? Darth Mosk says, The Q and the Gray, the Star Trek sexual harassment experience. I hate that I enjoy the interpersonal dynamics. It's fun in a 90s problematic way. Suck it, Wokesters. Three out of five. Jonas says, The Q and the Gray, although the episode is basically absurd, a few parts of it are amusing, as, for instance, when Q casually refers to Chakotay as Commander Chuckles. Does he? I guess... (laughs) I guess he might. The old John Delancey was indeed back and endearing, at least at first. Once the actual plot got underway, everything got pretty terrible pretty quickly. Two digital orgasms out of five. <laughs> uh, Tim Wahoo says, The Q and the Gray, I choose to not watch this episode. And then the final episode, <laughs> Clay. <laughs> final comment is from Andrew Bullis, and it's Q and the Gray. Picard's ready room had a small couch. Janeway's ready room has a 20-foot-long sofa and a bunch of chairs. (laughs) Seriously, why is there so much seating in there? Also, does she not have quarters? Because the set for her quarters looks like the ready room with the lights off. (laughs) You know, that's really funny because I did. I assumed that she had gone to her quarters. But, yeah, she says she'll be in her ready room, right? Oh, at the start she does? Yeah. Really? Oh, I don't I know. So. I thought she was in her quarters there. I did too. Man, I could, I could be wrong, but I, I thought I don't know. Who knows? He has a tremendous point about the amount of seating area in Janeway's ready room. It's like ninety-five percent seating in that in that office yeah. of hers. Oh, that's right. I think I'm thinking of two different sets. I think she does go to her quarters in the beginning. Yeah, I mean the bed is there, he, right? Because Chakotay tells her to go take a rest, and she is right. I, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for leaving your comments about the Q and the gray. I think we had a low average on that one. It's probably like 1.5 or something with all the ones that knocked it down. I'm going to say it was a um, it was a calibration episode for me. I overstated Warlord last week, and I gave it a 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warlord is a 1, and this is a 2 <laughs> to me. Okay. So I'm just going to go back and revise that. But that's my rating for this one. It's a 2. It's it's probably like the definitional two for me, which is that it's yeah. fi- it had some ideas, but it, it's like it doesn't execute any of them at all. So there was plenty of room to do something with this, and it it does not do anything with it. And I was pretty bored by it. Yeah, I would agree. I would also give it a two. Yeah. All right. Twos for both of us. It's been a stretch. I was of twos. I almost was. I was tempted to give it a three just because I I, I well. thought the 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 overall concept. It was was kind of interesting, but then once it got into all the other stuff, I was like, "No, this is not worth it." Yeah, I um, I don't know. It it just uh, on a you know on a, like a, an experience of watching it level. I just I kept phasing out of it. It was not it. It's too much Q and Janeway having conversations that don't really feel like they mean anything, and it's right. like it's just yeah. it's hard to hold your attention. So I'm going to put in our numbers here. You gave Warlord I, two. You give it I will two. say the one bit of the Civil War stuff I did like is when he gets shot in the arm. Yeah. And she's going to try and walk out there and he says, if they made me bleed, what do you think they're going to yeah. do to you? That's a, that that's was a pretty good. galactic destroying cannon. I didn't like the way he was firing his revolver out the window. I thought that looked terrible. I would have said, John, you got you to gotta shoot that gun more believably than this. <laughs> so look at this. The past, the past, these are my ratings for the past seven episodes one one three one two one two wow yours are two one two one two 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 (laughs) (laughs) so it's been a it's been a fairly weak stretch of uh voyager episodes yeah i guess i'm just not we took a break you know that we we forgot about them yeah i i don't know i guess i i'm just not i feel like at this point it's got to be real bad for me to give it a one and it seemed it seems like they're never quite as bad as that. Maybe it would be helpful. You should you should come up with your own definition of what a one is to you. You know. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to do, man. Come on. <laughs> Six years into this, because otherwise you're always going to be dancing around it. I don't know. I don't know what a one. A one to me is just. 
I guess it's the I've, definition of I, pornography. It's like I know it when I see it. I'm like, this Warlord <laughs> episode is not doing anything for me. This is a one. Yeah, I feel like there's a level of ineptitude that 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 comes into ones for me. Yeah. Where when I watch it and I go like, they did not know what they were doing here. Like they did not have a grasp. So some of them I give a pass to where it's like, okay, they had something here. It didn't quite work. They're kind of grasping at straws, but it's not unwatchable too. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. All right, we're done. Our next episode is Macrocosm. When we're done with the Q and the Gray, we both gave it a two. We are almost halfway through season three at this point. Voyager continues. Thank you for leaving your thoughts at patreon.com slash the Penske file. You can get all your extra content on there. Q and, uh, Q and Amanda. Q and Amanda. Do, <laughs> do uh, the Ron Horror extra episodes. Uh, we have, we'll be returning. Since we're not going to be doing Strange New Worlds, I don't think, because the patrons voted against it. We'll probably have a sci-fi movie mixing it up in there every once in a while, too. And mm-hmm. there's like a hundred and some odd podcasts that you can listen to if you join the Patreon. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? We got some uh, badass going on, too. We're into season two of Batman Beyond, me and Sean. And <clears throat> the first issue of Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker, which I co-wrote with Sean and uh, Katana Collins, is out right now. And I think two should number two should be out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out. And I'm doing a cover for number five, which I'm excited about. So uh, if you see that out there, pick it up. That'll be out in September. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to our coverage of The Q and the Gray. We'll be back next week with Macrocosm, which I was telling you, Clay, I watched that accidentally last night because our recording schedule got screwed up. So I watched watched Macrocosm. I had a schedule, even though we had to watch The Q and the Gray. Um, I made a mistake. So I'll be ready for Macrocosm. Macrocosm. I was going to say, here's the question. Yeah. Are you going to be... Are you... upset that you probably have to watch it again before we talk about it i can't i can't spoil that (laughs) i will say i will say it is voyager meets alien Ooh, so that could go either way there's a teaser for you macrocosm is coming up is it just is it just paris and harry kim arguing about bonuses for an hour (laughs) because i'll watch that they meet. They find an abandoned uh, spaceship, but interestingly, there's nothing on it. It's a typical Voyager episode. Yep, Macrocosm coming up next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Q and the Gray. Let us know what you thought about it in the comments, and otherwise, we will see you next time. <laughs>